The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. Um, we are back. I think we're in full effect now, uh, pending any other crazy hurricanes that decide to come our way. Um, we should have a new top five movies for you this week, so apologize again for missing last week. I did do a mini top five movies uh, not to watch during a hurricane, so feel free to check out that real short, like less than three minute episode. Um, just me kind of filling you in on what's been going on. But this week, our main focus of the show will be our review of Mean Time from 1984. Um, but before we get there, uh, Corey, how you been? I feel like that's the worst question to ask me. I know. I've been very sick. <laughs> You've been very sick. Uh, yes. And it's it's like a cold or like like when you a say viral, sick. A viral infection. So... Um, it's not flu A or flu B. Um, it's just the most awful sickness I've ever had in my wow. life, actually. Do you think yes. it's is it brought on by all the smoke that you're inhaling? I, I don't know, to be honest. That's what I thought that it was because I started getting sick last Wednesday. But I don't know. No, because Bill got sick also. Ah. So obviously I'm contagious. Man, is he also yeah. agreeing that it's the worst cold ever or – He's a man. I'm sorry. Oh. And I'm a man too. No, I'm I'm a baby. I am a. Horrible... I told Bill because I was like down and out for days. Um, still not you know well, but um, I never get like that. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I have the man cold. I have the man cold. <laughs> but <laughs> no, it was actually worse than that. I actually went to the doctor, folks. Woo. Wow. Yeah, that is. Uh, that definitely means you're feeling pretty sick to go to the doctor. Um, yeah. Were you like throwing up and stuff too, or is it more um, like no. just a feeling? Um, I was very nauseous. I was mostly dizzy and lightheaded, which was the worst. And my vision was getting really blurry. And then when I went to the doctor, oh my god, I don't know about that guy. He was like, "Well, I see one of your problems in my left ear, and I've always had problems with my ears." But he wouldn't tell me. He made me like go through like ten minutes of other stuff with the nurse before he told told me, and I was very upset and worried that there was something wrong with my hearing because uh, that would be devastating. Yes, but yep. yeah. So I was just falling apart generally. It was not a good doctor so doctor visit. I did ask this question because normally I would ask if you've seen any movies, but I know you haven't because of the illness. So I, I went that direction. Um, I have watched things, just not in the theater. Oh, I misunderstood. That's and that's right because you wrote a review on our BurkeReviews dot com for Prom Night from nineteen eighty, uh, with Jamie Lee Curtis that you were not a fan of, did not like Prom Night. Zero percent. So don't Sorry. Go, don't go into details. But if you're if you're like, how can Corey not like Prom Night? Go to BurkeReviews dot com and read her review. It's it's not often that it's someone else's writing, so I recommend checking it out. Um, uh- and you, but you haven't seen it, and you haven't seen Mother yet. No, I really am hoping because um, tomorrow is mine and Bill's anniversary, and I gave him a sickness. Woo! Um, but I'm hoping that we're both well enough Sunday to go see a movie or something, and we really want to see it. Bill wants to see it. Bill never wants to go to the movies. 
Well, I'll tell you, it, it is destroying box office numbers right <laughs> now. And uh, I, I can't wait to see everyone that I know who has seen it, which is more than normal. Like, it's a movie that a lot of my Facebook friends have seen. It's not something that I usually get to experience. Um, <laughs> and everyone that I've talked to has loved it to some degree. Like, some really, really love it. Uh, Matt from The Rough Cut. I'm sorry. Odie Matthews from The Rough Cut um, said it's maybe his favorite movie of the year so far. Oh. Um, so, oh, I mean, some some big, big stuff uh, with it. And then... Um, last night I went and saw Mother with uh, with a friend of the podcast, Brendan, and friend of mine, uh, whose name I don't drop on the podcast, but um, the three of us went and saw it. I, the more I am, as Aronofsky's films tend to do, the more I think about it, the more I am convinced that it's really, really interesting. Um, it's, it's beyond interesting. I, I know that word is kind of a forbidden word after uh, watching Captain Fantastic Captain last Fantastic. year, but um, I really do... There's so compelling. much going on, um, and I want to say on air, if you've listened to anything, I've constantly bashed Jennifer Lawrence. Predominantly, I feel like she's overrated, um, especially after, like, the, if you look at The Hunger Games and if you look at uh, Passengers, um, she just, she does things badly. Now, she's in movies that I like. I really liked her in Joy. I liked her in Silver Linings Playbook, even though like might not be the right word for Silver, Lin- Silver Linings Playbook because she's kind of obnoxious, but I thought she played the character She well. plays her part well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mother, she really showcases what she can do, and she is the lead. Like, there is um, no question. The camera, you are in her perspective. Um, whenever we're looking at her, she's almost always in close-up. So she's filling the frame, and the emotion she carries on her face and the empathy she elicits from the audience was impressive um and i am again she she had to win me over i'm not one of those people who generally support her and just like everything she does i found her to be more obnoxious and overrated than anything and i i really think uh this movie shows that if she's with the director who is talented and has a well-written character she can pull it off and i think both of those things were done perfectly with aronofsky's film um it is not for everybody. It will be polarizing. There's definitely some religious connotations that he's he's explored in The Fountain. We saw him explore it again in Noah, which really got people rubbed the wrong way because it was not the Noah they were expecting. And he does it again here. There's a lot of religious elements uh, embedded in the story. And it's, it's definitely easy to pick out, but at the same time, you could look past it and just watch the movie for what it is. But that's, I think, true for a lot of his films. His films have a lot of themes that are being uh, worked out underneath the surface of the characters that we're watching and it's it's really really good i i was and I, devastated by the third act though there's some crazy stuff that happens in the third act, um that you're just like oh man i will never forget what i just witnessed on screen like he, i have questions but i don't want to ask them and i don't want answers until yeah. i watch it but yeah, maybe this is a case where she just keeps getting cast incorrectly it, it very well could be, or she's taking roles that are, um, like, Passengers is just a bad movie. I love Chris Pratt. That movie was just bad. Um, mm-hmm. And Hunger Games, I, the first book is good, and I actually like her in the first movie. It's the subsequent films and books that the character just loses everything to me, and I, I don't think there should have been four movies. There should have been just three, because the third book is so bad, splitting it in half did not make it better, you know? <laughs> um, mm. And... Uh, I, you know, those I didn't really love her in um, American Hustle, but I didn't really love American Hustle. Like a lot of other people really did. I am lukewarm on David O. Russell, um, which is the three movies that I, 
three of the movies that I've listed from her Silver Lang's playbook, uh, American Hustle and Joy are all David or Russell films. Um, but Aronofsky and her, I don't know if you know this, they're together now, though. Aronofsky yeah. and Lawrence are a couple. And so I don't know if that's, you know, what happens. They just were really working well together on set or whatever, but I don't know. But, um, and I watched a bunch of stuff, but uh, you can follow me on Letterboxd um, if you were interested in, in keeping up with everything I watch. I don't review every single movie I watch. Um, some, especially like if they're older films that I feel like I don't have much to add to the legacy. I'm not going to waste my time writing, you know, hey, everybody was right. This movie's great. Um, and like I watched all of Aronofsky's films. But I didn't write reviews on them, um, partly because I everything that I think about a lot of them is basically coming from other people's perspectives because like black swan i did not take away what the other people took away so like i needed someone else to kind of put it into a perspective for me to really grasp what he was going for um i did i did i feel like i did a pretty good job with mother though i think i haven't written like an analysis but i have some thoughts in my head that i might write down and even post that which i've not really done a formal analysis for a web for the website but i may it would be chalk with spoilers though well, all I have to do is give the warning. Word. And so many people like that, which I'm never going to understand. Spoilers? Yeah. Yeah. Mike is one of them. Mike is a big fan of spoilers. In fact, I, I got out of it and I was like, it's great. You should uh, definitely see it. He's like, I'm going to read the spoilers right now. I'm like, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> my husband has never seen the first one. Mm. And I was going to rewatch it the other day because I just love watching long drawn out movies when i'm sick um <laughs> but he was like i don't want to watch that before i go see the new one and i was like okay he's right though because i think it i well i think he he'll have a better time with the new one the other one is very it does not age well um the the kid yeah, actors yeah. are nowhere near as good uh, except for seth green but um the kid actors they got for this movie are so so impressive like and they're already talking uh it's definitely getting the sequel um there's almost oh. no chance it won't uh, because it, it's done so well. Like opening weekend, it broke every record for September. Um, and uh, it's it's not only doing well box office, but it's getting rave reviews from everybody too. So it's it's definitely going to get the sequel with the adults because um, this is all the kids' perspective. But the kids are amazing in this, this movie. But we need to move on because we have a lot of home video movies to talk about and several that I'm excited that are coming out on home video this week. Um, you ready for this? I'm very ready. These are our home video releases for September 16th, um, 2017. The first one is called The Bad Batch, which is actually dated from 2016, but it's just now coming to home video, so it was probably at the festival circuit last year. I'm intrigued by this because I'm looking at the cast, and I I can't... One, let's read the plot summary, because it's pretty crazy, Corey. The, a Bad Batch, a love, oh God. a love story set in a community of cannibals in a future dystopia... In a desert wasteland in Texas, a muscled cannibal breaks one important rule. Don't play with your food. Okay, so cannibal movies have been popular the last couple of years. Um, <gasps> but look who's in this. Jason Momoa. Um, I don't know. Suk Suki Waterhorn? Is that Waterhouse? Suki. Uh, yeah. Keanu Reeves. Diego Luna. Jim Carrey. Uh, Giovanna Ribisi. Yes. And I'm seeing anybody else I know. No, it doesn't look like it. Um. But, like, that cast is crazy um, for this type of movie, too. And Keanu Reeves' character is named The Dream. So I don't know if he's, like, The Dream or if he's a character who calls himself The Dream. But Jim Carrey is playing so a hermit. Um, but it looks like Momoa is the, uh, the main guy. Um, 
has a 61 Metacritic. I'm intrigued. I kind of want to see this. Uh, I like the cast, even though Keanu is hit or miss. Um, I tend to give him the benefit of the doubt uh, for some reason. Um, uh, what do you think? Um. Well, I was on Amazon, um, and someone wrote, utterly not what it seems, and a future cult classic. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I mean, 61 Metacritic's really good, especially for a movie that has Cannibal built into it. Yeah. And Jason Momoa, while I have not got to see him do a whole lot yet, I really liked him on Game of Thrones. I'm excited about Aquaman. I'm excited about his role in Justice League. So um, I'm, I'd am i be intrigued to see him in something else ahead of time. Um, all right. So Bad Batch sounds interesting. That's coming out on home video. I'm going to skip around a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go by Metacritic score, I think. Um, the Hero, which I missed uh, at the Florida Film Festival this year because it was the opening night premiere. And uh, not the opening night premiere for this oh. movie, but it was the opening night at the festival, and they were they made you pay for the um, after party, and so it was like a hundred dollar ticket to oh. see the movie. And I was like, I don't want to see it that bad, because um, I wasn't going to go Why? to the after party. But uh, so stars Sam Elliott and Nick Offerman, who I love Nick Offerman <gasps> so much. Um, and then Laura Prepon, who was um, Donna on that '70s show, and she's on Orange Is New Black. And then Kristen Ritter, who is Jessica Jones, um, and she's in a bunch of other stuff too, but I know her best as Je- Jessica Jones. Oh, and Frank Collison, who I know from a bunch of movies. I didn't know his name. Oh, Ali Wong is in this too. She's a good... Oh, Cameron Esposito. These are all Douglas movies people. Okay. Um, I'm just dying because I just watched the episode of Parks and Rec where Sam Elliott plays Ron. Yes, uh, the counterpart <laughs> from the yeah. other city. I love that. <laughs> And that, he shows up a few times on that show, actually, as that character. And it's directed by Brett Haley, who I'm not familiar with as a director. Um, but I've heard positive things. It's got a 61 also on Metacritic. So, again, a positive score overall. Um, the plot summary is the hero, an ailing, mov- uh, an ailing movie star, comes to terms with his past and mortality. I guess he's injured or something. Um I like Sam Elliott enough that I, I was down to see this movie just again. It didn't work out. It did come around afterwards, but not to any of our multiplexes. I just wasn't able to get to see it in theater. So I'm definitely going to rent this one as soon as I can and check it out. Um, all right. Next up on our list is uh, certain. Nope, nope, nope. Oh, well, I already said it. Certain women. Um, and I've heard a lot of good things. This is up your alley, Corey, because it's an anthology movie, but it's just not a horror Ooh. anthology. But you're going to love some of the cast. Uh, Michelle Williams being one of them. Um, okay. We have Michelle Williams. It's I'm sorry, also, it's directed by Kelly Reichert. Um, Michelle Williams, Kristen Stewart, Laura Dern, who I love so much. Um, Jared Harris, who I'm a big fan of. Um, there should be one more female lead, but I don't see who it is. Is he from Mad Men? Yes. Oh, he's in a bunch of stuff, but... Um, the lives of three women intersect in a small town in America where each is imperfectly blazing a trail. Uh, Metacritic score of 82. I, I know it shouldn't, anthology might not be correct. I just know that there's three separate stories. So, like, each act of the film is focused on a different character, and I believe they intersect in some capacity. Um, I heard Kristen Stewart is fantastic in this, and Michelle Williams always oh. brings it. So, um, Kristen Stewart has a bad reputation because of Twilight. Uh, if you have, if you still think she's a bad actress and you've only seen Twilight, uh, I haven't even out. seen those movies. Oh well, that's good. I think Adventureland. See, a lot of people like her in Adventureland. I also found her kind of blah in Adventureland, but I found Adventureland kind of blah. Yes. 
And I, a lot of people love that movie. I just it did not click for me, and it it should because I love coming of age stories. I'm usually a Jesse Eisenberg fan, and I also love Ryan Reynolds. And that movie did not work for me. Um, I couldn't even focus on it. I, I barely remember it. I just remember thinking this is so boring. Um, so I don't know if I need to rewatch it. Maybe I just wasn't in the right headspace for it that day. But um, but certain women I've heard a lot about, and it's one I want to check out. And again, 82 on Metacritic's very high. It's one of the higher Metacritic scores from this year. So. Um, mm-hmm. next up is Little Hours, which you're going to like a lot of the cast on this, but I've heard, uh, mis- mixed reviews on it. Um, it just, I think, depends on your sensibilities. Um, the, it's the Little Hours, I should correct. Um, I'm going to read the plot summary first on this one because it's kind of weird. Uh, in the Middle Ages, a young servant fleeing from his master takes refuge in a con- at a convent full of emotionally unstable nuns. Introduced as a deaf-mute man... He must fight to hold his cover as the nuns try to resist temptation. And uh, it's written and directed by Jeff Baena. Baena? I have no idea how to say that. But it stars Allison Brie from Community. I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, Dave Franco, who I like way more than uh, James Franco. Kate Micucci, who has been on Big Bang Theory, and she's also um, a Garfunkel and Oates member. She was in uh, Mike Birbiglia's film Don't Think Twice last year. Um, Aubrey Plaza, who is most famous for Parks and Rec, in my opinion, but she's done a lot of films lately. Uh, John C. Riley, who's great in almost everything. Molly Shannon, Fred Armiston, um, Nick Offerman shows up in this as well. And Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser. Wow, Adam Polly, I'm a fan of. Um, and that's about all the actors I know. It's got a 69 on Metacritic, so that's a, a funny score given the premise I just read. Um, yeah, it's I've heard... Uh, it's very funny. It's kind of got the, um, like, Your Highness cheese is what I think I heard. I don't know if you saw Your Highness, but it was uh, Danny McBride. Uh, like They're set in, like, medieval times, like a fantasy world, yet uh, Natalie Portman's in Your Highness, actually, oddly enough. Um, and it's, but it's a comedy, so, like, they stupid things happen. There's a part where he has to cut, like, the Minotaur's penis off and then wears it around his neck like a trophy, and it's messed up but it's also kind of funny so if you have that kind of sense of humor i heard little hours has that same type of over-the-top shenanigans in a medieval setting um but yeah i like the cast so i'm definitely willing to give it a whirl uh what are your thoughts um i have a confession that i think everybody knows but i love nick offerman so much (laughs) um and yes the I but I also equally hate Fred Armisen. <laughs> Not really? even sorry. Yep. <laughs> I can't stand Portlandia. Um, I've nope, tried. No, me neither. And, and I've. <laughs> I th- I've only tried it like two or three episodes, but I really like him in the um, documentary now. Um, have you seen any of that show? It's uh, Bill Hader and him predominantly. No, and I love Bill Hader, but mm-hmm. again, I can't stand Bill and Fred Armisen. Yeah. So it's like. I don't know. He works. Uh, the the first episode I saw of Documentary Now won me over so much because I had actually seen the movie. Because um, mm-hmm. it's uh, Documentary Now takes various documentaries and then like uh, turns them into like spoof episodes. So it might be like a two hour documentary they do in like a thirty minute episode where they parody the documentary. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to remember the name of the one I saw, but I had seen it previously. With uh, I actually didn't see the documentary. I saw the film that they did with Drew Barrymore, um, like recreating the world of the documentary about these two, uh, like a mother and a daughter and like this, they're living in like the worst conditions imaginable. 
Um, they were rich and now they're not, but their house is like deteriorated past the, it's crazy. I can't think of the name of it. Um, but the first documentary now I saw had that and I just, uh, he won me over there. I have not liked him in everything, but I, I liked him in that a lot. So, um, all right. So that's little hours. You're kind of torn because of the, the two, but I, I'm definitely willing to check it out if I can get my hands on it. All right. There's two movies left coming out and I don't know which one to do first. I think I'm going to go with the lower Metacritic score. And it's a pretty still high Metacritic of 76, and it's uh, DC's Wonder Woman comes out on Blu-ray DVD on Tuesday. Um, we both saw this in the theater, right? I saw it twice. You saw it twice in the theater, and it stars Gal Gadot and Chris Pine um, and a few other actors that are worthy of note, but I'm not looking at it in front of me just because I know that this is a movie that most people already saw because it did so well this summer. It was the, one of the highest grossing films domestically this summer. Um, it was the highest grossing film domestically, and then it's uh, one of the top for worldwide. Um, and the surprise hit of the summer. Uh, people were very skeptical about Wonder Woman after last year's DC films, and it won the audiences over. So are you looking to add this to your collection? No, I saw oh. it twice in theaters, but I really enjoyed it, and I try to be a little more selective now. Well, good John. for you. I, I want to get it because I tend to collect the superhero movies, but... I still haven't bought Guardians 2 yet, so if I was going to pick one, I think I'd go Guardians 2 first. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I might I might end up grabbing this in the near future, although I do have to take care of some hurricane damage first before I buy any movies in the upcoming future. All right, the movie that I'm most excited about, and I'm definitely going to rent this week because I want my wife to see it, is The Big Sick comes out on Tuesday. That is what I was looking at on Amazon. There you go. Um, the Big Sick it has an 86 on Metacritic, so the highest on our list today. Uh, based on the real-life romance between writers Camille Nanjiani and Emily V. Gordon and starring uh, Nanjiani and Zoe Kazan, the comedy directed by Michael Showalter, uh, who did Hello, My Name is Doris, a movie Corey absolutely adores, follows the newly dating couple <laughs> as they struggle with cultural differences and a major illness. Scooped up by Amazon Studios for $12 million at Sundance, uh, where it received great reviews. And st- Oh, man, they man. They, they've made their money back for sure. Also stars Ray Romano and Holly Hunter, who are Kazan's parents and are great um, in the movie, not in real life, obviously. Um, I loved this film. Uh, it was one of my favorites from the, the summer, for sure. And it's one that I'm definitely going to add to my collection, and I want my wife to see it. In fact, I was just talking to her about it uh, when we were driving around getting gas the other day uh, in the Hurricane Madness. And was telling like I'm like, oh, I can't wait for you to see this. I want you to see this movie so bad. I loved it so much. So I'm really excited to find out that it's coming out on Tuesday. I didn't know that when I was talking to her about it, but um, what are you thinking, Corey? I will definitely be buying this one. I wish I could see it in theaters again. It's still screening yeah. here, I'm pretty sure. It was it but. was re-released in our area, but I think it's been bumped out with all the new stuff that's just come out. So, um, But they re-released in August because August was so bad. <laughs> um, all right. Everyone just buy it. Yeah, and, and that's what we do here. Uh, we usually recommend one, and without any question, I recommend The Big Sick um, over the other ones. Not that there's not some other good ones on here, but The Big Sick is so great. Um, if you are a fan of rom-coms at all, it will probably be your favorite rom-com. Um, I think it's one of the best rom-coms ever written, and you can just – the uh, the performances are fantastic. And Kamel Nanjani needs more lead roles. He's had a lot of uh, supporting roles on movies. Supporting might not even be accurate. He's had a lot of cameos in films. And he's usually the funniest part of those films. And uh, he's not only the funniest part, but he he brings the drama in The Big Sick. Like, you are – there are moments where your heart oh, breaks your for him. And 
he he pulls off every scene. He is, um, I think, an up and coming big name actor, and easily probably going to be one of the biggest uh, Pakistani actors in American films. And that says something. Like he's really come a long way from um, just being a, uh, a lesser known stand up comedian. Um, he was in my podcast circles for a long time. He was he was a friend of the Nerdist, and he's part of the uh, the Nerdist um, uh, Meltdown comics um, comedic performances. And uh, I really, really just think I'm so excited that his his career is blowing up because he's he deserves it. He seems like one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. He's super funny and he's got he's got the talent. So I know I recommend Big Sick and Corey, I think, is in the same boat. So, yes, check that out. All right. We got three movies to talk about coming out in theaters on September 22nd. Uh, The one Corey is the most excited for. Oh, gosh. Is the Lego Ninjago movie. How did you know? Now, before I talk about this particular one, have you seen any of the Lego movies? Zero. So you didn't see the Lego movie? Nope. And you haven't seen Lego Batman? Nope. Which I'd like to point out, that is one of my biggest sadnesses, is I don't currently own Lego Batman, and I love Lego Batman. Lego Batman was made for me. Like, the the amount of Batman jokes in that movie are so high, and it's so funny. And you got Michael Sarah and... um. Oh my goodness, my brain. Uh, well, thank you. It was not coming to me. I was like, oh my god, and I'm pretty sure Rosaria Dawson is Barbara Gordon. Um, it, it's just, and Doug Benson oh. is actually Bane, uh, the voice of Bane in that, which I love because he does Bane's voice on uh, Douglas movies. So I was so excited when I found out that he was brought in to do it. But the uh, the Ninjago movie initially did not interest me until I saw the first trailer, and it has uh, Corey's favorite actor Fred Armisen in it. Uh, <laughs> but but real, it has Jackie Chan, Dave Franco, uh, Kamel Nanjani, um, who I am such a big fan of, Michael Pena, who is super funny, Abby Jacobson, who I know from something, Zach Woods, who is uh, on Silicon Valley with Kamel, and is uh, also in Ghostbusters. He's probably the funniest part in the Ghostbusters remake from last year. Hold on, who? T.J. Miller? No, no, no. T.J. Miller is not Zach Woods. Uh, Zach Woods was oh, also. Sorry, it's okay. I didn't hear the name. Ah, sorry. Zach Woods is also on the Office, though, for uh, the later seasons. He comes when the merger happens with Dunder Mifflin. Um, he's um, oh, he's the tall guy with the, the dark hair. Tall guy with the dark hair. Yeah, super funny. Okay. Um, he oh, is. Justin Theroux in this as well. Al- oh, Ali Wong, who is I uh, just some of these people were in the other movies we were just talking about, so it's kind of funny. Um, Olivia Munn's in this. Wow, there's they really brought some people into this. Um, but. Oh, Chris Hardwick's even in it. Cool. Um, it, it looks really funny. Dave Franco appears to be our lead character, uh, even though in the top build cast, Jackie Chan is first. But um, if you like the other Lego movies, I actually think Ninjago might be pretty good. So I might check it out. It's not going to have uh, as many cultural references, I don't think, as Batman or even the Lego movie, because the Lego movie really relied on their other, like all of the different types of Legos, which... You do need to see that, by the way. Chris Pratt's the the lead, and he's great in it. And um, I don't know. It's meant for kids, but I think there's uh, like a lot of the good animated movies. They have content for the adults to you know pick up and be like, "Oh, that's I didn't the kid didn't get that joke, but I did." Um, what you know, like Pixar. Yeah, like most of the really good animated movies. That's how the other two Lego films were. So I would be surprised if this one isn't. It's also rated PG, not just G. So that does imply that there's a little bit of, you know, innuendo type stuff going on. Um, I'm going to check it out probably, especially with MoviePass. You know, why not? Yeah. 
Next up is uh, one that you probably don't want to see, Corey, but it is a horror film. Gosh. And you do like horror sometimes. It's called Friend Request. You seen the oh, trailer God. for this crap? No, I have. Maybe I have. Hold it, on. It looks pretty cheesy. Um, a girl is like a witch and like kills herself, but then is embedded in Facebook or something and is set out to ruin this other girl's life who wouldn't be her friend when she was alive. It. OMG. It's, it's got a 5.2 IMDb rating from fans. There's no critic score yet. A popular college student. It's college. It looks like high school in the in the trailer, but popular college student graciously accepts a social outcast online friend request but soon finds herself fighting a demonic presence that wants to make her lonely by killing her closest friends yeah it sounds awful um this is a second attempt i think of a social media driven horror film maybe third um the what was the unfriended i think was the um the one where it was all like through a skype call uh, mm-hmm. That movie's got Thank some you. interesting stuff, but at the same time, it would have been better to just do a normal movie. Um, and then there's a lot of the plot substance doesn't work, which, I mean, with a horror film, you have to debate. Do you need the plot to make complete sense, or you just want interesting, you know, death? Because it depends on the horror film. Sometimes I need it some... Works. Yeah. I know. I, I'm, I'm generally a plot guy myself, so I tend to prefer that. But I can see why you don't have to have that. If, if the kills are exciting or funny or something... Uh, or shocking, like a lot of Friday the Thirteenth movies. That works for me, you know. Even though there is a plot, it's relatively the same thing over and over again. Jason's back; he kills everybody. One person will escape. There you go. Um, but friend request looks like it's predominantly a bunch of new people. No one I really recognize. Doesn't mean they haven't done stuff. It might just be like they've done, you know, more shows geared towards a younger audience. Uh, the tr- my daughter does not want to see this. It looks really cheesy. Um, I'm saying probably going to skip although i might check it out i'm trying to push myself to see more horror um not because i'm not but afraid can't of we horror. start with like good things first that's I what i like... that's what i tend to skip because so much of what comes out it's on bad. horror looks bad it is um so i tend to skip it but uh, for a lot of movies to find some good ones on the bright side there is a movie coming out that i have been waiting for for a while and it's kingsman the golden circle um yes come... i didn't realize it was already yep Taron Egerton, uh, it's, well, first of all, directed by Matthew Vaughn, who I have become a very big fan of. Um, I didn't even realize how many movies he directed that I already liked a lot. Like, he did Kick-Ass. Um, he did X-Men First Class, which, you know, boot-started the X-Men franchise again. And I just watched Layer Cake two weeks ago, which I talked about on the podcast, and I really, really liked that. Um, I kind of wish I hadn't looked at his directing thing, because he's got Kingsman 3 already listed, and I'm like, wait a minute. Um, Dang it. But the... Uh, Kingsman looks great. Taron Edgerton, Colin Firth, uh, Mark Strong, Channing Tatum shows up. Edward Holcrum, I think. I'm guessing last names there. Um, Holcroft. The second time I did that. Gordon Alexander. Um, this is in order by appearance. So there's a bunch of people who I, aren't going to matter. Julianne Moore. Uh, why does it got to be by order of appearance? Um, Halle Berry's in it. Elton John's in it. Uh, as himself. As himself. Uh, Jeff Bridges. Pedro Pascal, who I think is the important one that is in the trailer. All right, and there's a bunch of other people. But the trailer looks great. Well, all of the many trailers that I've seen look great. Um, it's one my daughter really wants to see, and I'm kind of torn because there's a lot of dirty jokes in the first one, um, especially the ending of the first one. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm a little torn, but at the same time, I'm trying to be more realistic because they don't even show blood in the end. You know, like, think of that. If you've seen the first Kingsman spoiler a bunch of people's heads explode 
and they don't show blood. It's all like fireworks, you know. So like they do things in ways that are toned down, but then they have an anal sex joke at the end of the movie, and it's like, whoa, that comes out of nowhere. So, um, but yeah, so. Uh, Corey, of the three films coming out this coming Friday, which is the one you're most likely to see? Kingsman. I concur, although I am uh, probably going to see the Lego Ninjago movie, too, if my daughter will go. Because that's one of those things. I don't like going to those by myself. So, <laughs> um, But, yeah, definitely going to see Kingsman on Thursday night this week. And my review will be up Friday morning at BerkReviews.com. All right. That is it for the upcoming stuff let's get into the movie we watched this week um the film is called meantime it is directed by um mike lee starring marion bailey tim roth phil daniels pam ferris jeffrey robert alfred molina and gary oldman um and to, to be fair saying it stars gary oldman is a bit of a stretch um he's not in it a lot but he it does was his get... first film ah was this also tim roth's first film or no N- nope Wow, man. He started acting in 82. I did oh, so a little research. Two years younger. All right, and mm-hmm. the plot summary of Meantime, in case you haven't watched it already, um, I, I love this, by the way. This is uh, the, the number one plot summary on IMDb. Starts <laughs> off with an odd film, primarily looking at how the dole affects the underclass in Britain, which the dole is unemployment check. Um, Tim Roth stars as Colin, a slow and possibly intellectually disabled man living with his parents and brother in a housing project. He and his sarcastic, manipulative brother still behave like teenagers living with their parents, harassing each other. The problem is that they are in their late teens or 20s. Neighborhood characters include Haley, a young woman with a crush on Colin, and Coxie, played by Gary Oldman, a violent local skinhead who befriends Colin. Trouble ensues when uh, when their wealthy aunt gives Colin a job and his brother becomes jealous. So, um, I love that that plot point's in there because I'm going to say some stuff about that. But before we get into any kind of spoilers or anything with Meantime, we do our kind of overall review. What were your thoughts, Corey? Meh. I uh, thoroughly dislike this movie. Um, like, yeah. on a whole lot of levels. Uh, like, um, I feel like I've already got my next movie. I know it's your time to pick out next, but I've got, I hope, a good one picked out. <laughs> because we didn't talk about something horrible that happened today that I'm really actually sad about. And I know a lot oh. of other people are, too. Yeah. Harry Dean Stanton died. I and I know he was that. 91. But he was, I loved him in so many things, but especially as Roman Grant in Big Love. And I love him in... Um, pretty in pink yeah but like um my next movie will be starring him and oh, will okay. also be a criterion film Very but, good. um i mm, yeah i feel like besides that movie that i have picked out next i feel like i shouldn't be able to pick out any movies for yeah. a while <laughs> well i want to say <laughs> one i've seen i think at least 10 criterion films at this point like films that are on the criterion Damn. list and this is the first one that I've not liked, which shocked me because I was in my head at this point. If if, if a film was on the Criterion selection, it's it's great and I'm going to love it because that has been my encounters with everyone I've watched. Now, to be fair, some of the ones I've watched are super well known, like Seven Samurai, um, Bottle Rocket, which isn't super well known, but I'm a big Wes Anderson fan, you know, so it's going to stick. Uh, Blood Simple, which I'm a huge Coen's fan, so it worked. Um, and I actually do think that one's really, really great, especially for a first film. Um, I watched The Apartment. I watched uh, 
uh, Seven Seal that we watched together for that. And um, I oh, maybe that's that's seven. I feel like I've watched at least two more though. Um, and again, each one has have loved. So I went into this super optimistic, and the opening shot of the movie of a person running that had no purpose. Uh, we didn't we weren't tracking them. It was a long shot. We were watching just people being people. It 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 added nothing. It didn't establish where we were. It literally had to my my memory. It had no purpose. And there's a lot of scenes in this movie that have no purpose. And that's sometimes okay. It maybe the film is is an avant-garde film um, that you know it's not supposed to have a purpose. It has a 7.2 IMDb score, but it does not have a critic score because of its time period. Um, I've not looked at any reviews to see why people like this film. It's got to have something for it to be a Criterion collection. You know, it's not just going to be selected by Criterion if it doesn't have some you know purpose. Um, yeah, I will say the only redeemable thing in the film, I th- Tim Roth's performance was good. I didn't like the character he was playing. Um, There's a lot of things that I, I'm kind of confused by, like why he does appear to have maybe autism um, or something along the, the that spectrum. But no one ever really says anything about it. Uh, Alfred Molina's character, I think. No, somebody calls him retarded. And I think it might have been Alfred Molina. I can't remember. Um and then they shrug it off, and that's the end of that. It's never brought up again. They don't discuss it. Uh, there's a few maybe passing comments about him being dumb or something, but and so if that was the point of the movie, is that what? How were people treated with autism in a time period where they didn't acknowledge autism? That would have been maybe a compelling movie. But from what I gather, there's really not much here. It's an examination of of life in poverty in 1984 in England. But it's not a really interesting examination. They don't really I, show much. Mm, Go ahead. I felt like I had to do way too much research. And I don't do a lot of research, to be honest. Because I don't like reading other people's reviews. I don't want to be, like, tainted. You don't um, want to regurgitate someone else's stuff. Um, yeah, or I don't want to be influenced either. Yes. But, like, I read a couple of... I, like, did read the plot summaries on IMDb, and I did read um, Wikipedia, and I know Wikipedia isn't held in high regards, but I love Wikipedia. A lot of people. I I think more younger audience tend to agree with Wikipedia more than, like, an older audience. Um, I, oh my god, and I just felt like I didn't know what was happening in this movie. Oh, well, because nothing was. That's uh, that's one of your first problems. Also, like, can we talk about something else? Criterion Collection. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Um, Is it the closed captions? Yes. Yes. I was about to say the F word on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) They were effing terrible. And I feel like if you're going to make a movie part of your collection, and also I feel like we need to talk about something else about closed captions. Can we stop, like, handing that off to, like, a third party? And can it be someone who's actually involved with your film? Because also oftentimes when I'm watching, they it's totally not correct. Well, yeah, so I'm, there's a script. Well, Somebody should be able to get the screenplay Yes, and, and transcribe it with that. Like, there. if you don't understand and, it, like, then don't and, guess. No, and so many times it was like the subtitles were on top of each other, and then it would just say inaudible, and I'm like, thank you so much. Very astute. um, (laughs) Keith, Keith, who did an early episode of Top 5 Movies with us, um, was with me today when I watched the movie, 
And he said it's one of the worst movies he's ever seen that isn't intended to be purposely bad. Like, it's not like, you know, Sharknado or something like that. Like, it's it's clearly a drama um, attempting to, to examine something. And it says comedy drama. I didn't find most of the comedy to be funny. Um, and I want to also comment on my own. I said there's a script. There may not have been a script. A lot of the dialogue <laughs> in this movie feels super ad-libbed. Um, and especially... I want to point this out. You said this is Gary Oldman's first movie. It's his worst movie that I have seen by Ever far. Seen. He is, is that saying something because you hated Dracula? I did, but not him. I didn't. I thought he was doing what was there, but I didn't like He's the way it was Dracula. presented. Um, I didn't. I thought his performance in True Romance was too campy and over the top for my taste. Um, Still haven't seen that. And but this, he's like doing I, crazy stuff that I just am like. Is, did they just give him because what it felt like to me this was like a really crappy version of train spotting without the heroin that's yes. what this movie felt like yes and uh um i'm glad because i love tim roth and i really love gary oldman and the films that i've seen him in i haven't seen a lot of his work but i'm really glad that this wasn't my starting point with them because oh, i yeah. wouldn't have further explored their work i'd been like nope you know what i mean like nope. ugh, i don't I, know i didn't like because really colin is the lead character kind of but i feel like mark is more the lead which is uh phil daniels is the actor i thought that character was so bad and had no clue. I wanted like, to cut him. Yeah, there just there were scenes, even though with Tim Roth, his character when he's just sitting there in silence, I wanted to slap him. Like, which is what they were going for. So it's not an insult to the performance, but it was it was so irritating because it never went anywhere. And the plot point, and this is a spoiler, but we'll get into spoilers momentarily. The plot point of. Uh, that I read in the plot summary where he gets a job and it makes Mark mad is like three quarters into the movie. So it's not like the inciting incident and that's the rest of the film is them dealing with this jealousy. It's like nothing has happened for three quarters of this two hour film. And finally, there's like a direct line. Of, it's not even two hours. It's an hour and 42 minutes. It felt like a three hour. It felt movie. like it was three hours. Dang it. We even said the same same time. time. Um, and Keith, who is not here to be on the podcast, but would uh, concur, we were both like, this feels so long. And the jokes we were making about the captions, like, we're like, this guy had know. three weeks to make the closed captions and did it in the last How half hour. Like, <laughs> I'm going to ever redeem myself. But um, also something interesting that I found is apparently this was a made for TV movie. I didn't know about really? until today. See, yeah, that's something interesting. I didn't know Criterion would do that. Um, Me neither. So that's intriguing uh, in its own right, you know. So interesting yeah. fact. I can't figure out why. I I I'm, I want to know what about this film makes it Criterion because I I have admitted avant garde films don't always work for me. I I am a fan of story, so when I don't feel like there's a point or a purpose, or I don't see like the reason for the artistry behind it, um, I don't feel like the cinematography is particularly great. Uh, I don't think there's a message like about like yes. It's hard to be poor. That's not anything new. And they didn't do anything with the characters to make it like, oh, well, look at how this is affecting them. There's just like people doing random things, especially Gary Oldman, who felt like every time he was on camera, he was given like too much sugar and then just told to be an asshole. 
because that's all his character does. He's in that girl's face, and then he's like, oh, you like oh my god, that whole scene pissed me off oh, so bad. And the, oh my god, I think the only time in the movie I laughed was when you see him in the metal bucket type thing at towards the end, and he's just like spazzing out in the bucket, hitting it with a stick, and I'm just like, what is happening? I don't even know <laughs> what's going know. on in this movie. Um, and I'll, I, I think I missed some dialogue here and there because I either I couldn't understand it because it's super thick British accents um and they're definitely they even have a conversation with uh Barbara which by the way British film with a British woman named Barbara all every time that anyone said Barbara I'm just thinking they're coming to get you Barbara I kept waiting for the living dead to happen and it just didn't um yeah I I definitely didn't like this um I guess I guess let's go to spoilers real quick though Corey okay Spoiler warnings, we've been talking for 45 minutes, and we're probably going to ruin this movie that you shouldn't see anyways, but in the chance that you do, you can go check out Meantime from 1984, and then go go ahead and come back and give us a listen. Otherwise, full steam ahead. And it is on uh, Filmstruck, which is not a sponsor, but we desperately would like them to be, so we're going to just keep plugging them when we can. Um, eventually, maybe we'll stop, and they'll have to pay us for it, but either way, it is on Filmstruck. Um I, I, Corey and I do not recommend that you watch this film, so don't, like, if you watched it with us, uh, I didn't hear from you, but remember, you can always email us at contact at com your review, so if you do watch this movie, and maybe you see something we didn't, I'd love to hear your opinion, because um, I want to like every movie, like, I would love to find something valuable in every film, and I can say Tim Roth's performance is good, I still don't like it, um, like, I don't like the performance, I don't see... If his character does have a mental handicap, why? It doesn't serve a purpose in the film in any way other than just to make it harder for him to communicate. But that's, again, not really the plot because there isn't really a plot. And yes, you don't need a plot, but I do feel like you need a theme that's explored in a way that's meaningful or valuable. And I don't feel like that happens here. So I really don't get why this is a criterion selection. Um, I, I feel... Go ahead, please. I also was looking at Criterion's website and looked up Meantime because I know that with like when they announce what their next movies that they're going to be releasing, you know, for the next month or whatever, um, they give the the five reasons why this movie is ah. important, and I they need to make that a little more user friendly and have it somewhere oh. on the website because I'm really I really want to know. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched any of the special features that come with it. Uh, I'm wondering if there's maybe like a documentary or something with it that would make this more valuable. Because I'm wondering if it's just because of the big three that are in it. Like um, Tim Roth, Alfred Molina, and Gary Oldman. These are three big name actors now. So did it get like a uh, look at where they started type thing? Because like part of Criterion is, is keeping these films in existence. Like they're not going to go away now because Criterion has a vault and they keep track of their their stock and their their product so once a film is entered in a criterion it should be around forever at least that's like the idea so is are they preserving this film simply because of the origins of these actors and if so i can see a value in doing that but i do think when you stamp criterion on it there's a certain quality expectation that this movie did not live up to in my opinion and i like have seen that it's an important depiction of the economic blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, here, a slow-burning depiction of economic degradation in Thatcher's England. Um, but I, and that's from the synopsis on Criterion. But, so first of all, I couldn't understand anything that was being said in this movie at all. 
pretty yeah. much. It was Which, horrible. That's partly though the the Cogni accent that they're going for. And while I don't excuse it, because again, it could be over the top, and I know most of those actors don't speak with that. Um, even the guy who did the captions, as Corey and I pointed out, didn't get half of what was said because um, he used the phrase inaudible when he meant I don't understand what he just said because that's not the same as inaudible. Inaudible means you can't hear what's being said and that's usually by design in a movie like a character's whispering and we're just supposed to know like end of um, oh man my brain just went dead Bill Murray Scarlett Johansson um, lost in translation thank you end of that movie there's a scene where Bill Murray whispers into her ear you don't hear what they say that's inaudible this was incomprehensible like the words were not words like no stop saying isn't it and in those things like so much um, and like i okay so also there's economic turmoil at this time yes but that wasn't ever i don't feel like that was ever explained to us as you know what i mean i don't think yeah. that you should assume that your viewers understand that. And also I don't really feel bad for the characters in this movie because I never saw the three men living this house go and look for a job. I just saw them go and collect their doll, which is their unemployment. So I can't feel bad for people who aren't trying to better their situation. And they only, and there's a little hint at that Mark constantly keeps saying it to Frank that why don't you get a job? And he's like, well, you think it's that easy? He's like, well, neither of you are trying like you just said, but yeah. there's only one scene with the doll too. And then, you know, you hear them, like, I don't have any money. I don't have any money. That doesn't mean you're a good look at what it's like to be there. Like, I don't have any money, but we're not in the middle of a depression right now. I just spend my money stupidly and or, uh, you know, hurricanes show up and destroy things. So, you know, like, you have to you have to depict the struggle. And I don't feel like it did. Um, and that's a, a great movie. The Bicycle Thieves. The Bicycle Thieves uh, depicts a depression in Italy. And that shows it like from the very first scene, you see a bunch of people standing outside like a temp agency waiting for a uh, opportunity to work. One guy gets a job and there's this uh, the struggle. He has oh to have God. his bike, but he doesn't have his bike because he just pawned it to, to pay for food for his family. So like he has a job opportunity that right now he can't do because he doesn't have a bike that he had, but sold it so his family could freaking eat. That shows you in that you know quick sequence how bad the situation is you know and that is a really great example of showing the depression of that time period in that city i don't feel like this movie does that at all and you just got excited so what happened oh well no i can't remember the name of the movie now but there is another film where it takes place during I, it might have been depression. I can't remember what film it is. But they, all these men show up to the dock. I think it's – is it Cinderella Man? Sorry, guys. It's been a long time. It's Russell Crowe. He's a boxer. Yeah, but all these guys, like, show up to the docks to try to get a job just for the day. These people are just being hired for the day for, like, mm -hmm. one shift. And it's, like, 100 people and only, like, two or three people get hired. And so it's I, – I don't know. I just don't understand why this film is important. Yeah, and that's the thing. I want to understand. Like, I, I'm going to do some more reading, and I'm going to maybe even check out the special features to see if there's anything uh, worthy of, of my understanding. Um, like, because, again, I want to see what's so good about it. Like, because, honestly, Black Swan, I felt so um, unaware of what I just watched that I needed other people to kind of explain things to me. Um, and then I felt much more 
confirmed with my enjoyment of the film. Like I liked it, but I was like, but I'm also confused. I need someone to kind of walk me through what I'm supposed to be thinking. And part of it was because I'd heard the movie was so weird. I was I kept jumping thinking the it was gun. Fun. Yeah, like I would think, oh well, is this is this really happening or is it all in her head? Because I'd heard something like that, and so I went in kind of with this uh, weird ex- expectation of what the movie would be, and I think that made it even more confusing. Had I gone in not knowing what I was getting into at all, I think I would have maybe still been a little confused, but I would have taken things more at face value. Where here, I was trying constantly to figure out where the uh, the weird parts were, you know what I mean? And um, I didn't do that with Meantime, but I just, I still feel like maybe there's something that I'm just not getting. And it could be context, because like you said, uh, with research, Keith and I were constantly looking things up, even just slang, because there were, like, he calls him a Burke at some point. And I'm like, what's a Burke? And then I was watching the IT crowd, and Moss calls Roy a Burke. And I was like, oh. That's still a relevant slang term. I didn't even catch it the first time I saw the IT crowd. And that's an episode two of, of season one on uh, IT oh. crowd. And I just watched that after uh, I was kind of killing time. Um, we cut the cord from cable uh, recently. So I've been on Netflix more and whatnot. But um, yeah, I think it's time for our review. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to give this movie Avoid Like the Plague. Uh, something Same. I don't do very often. But I think I've done now twice with Corey's films. So. <laughs> oh, no. Like I said, revoke my choosing rights. No, because uh, again, it was bad. I but sometimes watching a bad movie while not enjoyable during the watching uh, does make for a more entertaining podcast in some ways. Um, we have a lot of stuff to say about the it. Good ones, and it definitely does. Con- uh, comparison is always a great way of seeing what you really like. Um, I have so many movies that I want to watch. I don't know where to go. We'll just pick a good one. Um, <laughs> so for our next episode of Burke Reviews Movie Club, we're going to be watching 1990s Flatliners with J- Julia Roberts, Kiefer Sutherland, and Kevin Bacon. Um, I've never seen it, and Corey has. Um, it's just me recording this. We made a change at the end of our episode, so um, she has seen it. I haven't. But I'm, I wouldn't say I'm excited about the new one, although I am an Ellen Page fan, so I'm going to see it. And I thought I needed to see the original. I'm hearing that the new one is a sequel and not a remake. And I don't know if that's true. Um, I've not done any fact-checking on that, but according to a podcast from Battleship Pretension, uh, their fall movie preview, it is apparently a sequel, but um, I don't know yet. So either way, I feel like I need to see the 1991, and now feels like a good time. So for episode 38, we're going to be watching um, Flatliners. Check back next week. Uh, send any ideas, any reviews, any thoughts um, about Flatliners or our podcast to contact at BerkReviews.com. B-E-R-K-R-E-W-I-E-W-S. That's not right. R-E-V-I-E-W-S. Sorry. BerkReviews.com. It's been a long day. Um, yeah. So Flatliners next week. We'll be back. Peace, everybody. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BerkReviews.com.